Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And I've just got in the car and to quote Stan from Dinner Ladies, my dander is proper up. I've absolutely incensed about something and you're going to find out about it. In fact, I got incensed about it yesterday, but I've got even more incensed about it today. And you'll find about, out about it in a little while because I'm going to go on a little road trip uh, because I need to get my facts straight before I go off on one on this particular thing. And would you believe it's not even Boris, though we will get to that as well. So let's have a bit of twangy guitar and get started. <laughs> As you can probably hear, I'm out walking. Post the little bit of excitement over the evening, um, Mrs S and I have just been out for a walk and um, she's headed off in a different direction because, well, if I'm being honest, I know she's going to listen to this. She's so slow. So I've decided to do another couple of miles and she's, she's, she's disappeared off and we've been via the pub, so it's been quite nice. Um, I want you to cast your mind back um, and, and, and take that back to last Friday. And I know last week we, we spoke about audio mode for most of the um, episode. In fact, for all of the episode, actually. So I want you to cast your mind back to the fact that last Friday, Boris Johnson resigned. And obviously, obviously there was a, it was a big thing. It was a big thing. And he resigned with one hell of a temper tantrum. And that's the only thing I think I can put it down to. I, I, I don't know how else to... It wasn't a statement... And it wasn't a considered political whatever. It was just a child's temper tantrum. He'd been given sight of the, um, the Privileges Committee report way ahead of when it was going to be published. He didn't like what it was saying. And so he decided to come out, stamp his feet, tell the world why it was so unfair, and then effectively throw his toys out the pram because the alternative was actually doing the decent thing the decent thing, and actually seeing how democracy would play out. And of course, there was no, absolutely no way he wanted to risk that. So even though the committee had a disproportionate amount of Conservative MPs on it, even though the findings of the committee have to be passed through Parliament, which has a whopping majority, and he should know because he's forever telling us that's all because of him, and the fact that democracy would still have to play out again because even if it led to a recall petition in his seat, he would be able to stand and fight that election in his own constituency. And bearing in mind the amount of work I'm sure he's done on behalf of his constituents, you would have thought he would be confident that he'd get back in. He decided to scream foul instead. So the thing about it was there was just very little to see. Very, very little to see. It was just the world's biggest temper tantrum. Tuesday. There's always something odd when you record one of these when you're out and about having a walk. Um, for no other reason than I'm walking through a wood at the moment. Um, you might be able to hear the sound of the river um, to the left-hand side of me. And I keep walking past people having their evening constitutional. 
And of course, we politely nod and say hello. And, and then they look at me completely gone out because I am actually talking into a lapel microphone. So it's completely obvious I'm not actually talking to anybody. I'm just talking to myself. And it's just about actually to happen again. Hiya. Hi. Um, bizarre. People have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And why would they? Why would they? Anyway, um, one of the things I... After talking so much about audio last week and how I'd struggled with it uh, a little bit, I'm going to mention it again for the second time this week, but that's because there was something that happened right at the beginning of Audiomo that I've been meaning to tell you and it disturbed me quite greatly, actually, um, and still concerns me. Well, absolutely concerns me, and, and you'll understand why I want to say it. So, um, you've, you'll know Christian Payne, who goes by the AKA of Documentally, and you've, you've heard him on the, the podcast before, and... Um, I, I listened to his first audio clip, and he was there, and he was sounding very measured and very um, calm and controlled, and I thought he might have been in some form of, is it definitely in a controlled environment, um, and sounded like he got his best radio voice on, but it was definitely Christian, and I, you know, and I listened along, and it was just a little of an introduction into audio mode, just saying how excited he was about it, and what he'd try and do over the course of the month, and then he had this throwaway line of, of course, this might not be Christian. This might be AI-generated, and Christian might actually be off doing something else. In fact, he is. Um, and I thought, oh, that's, very, that's quite clever. It's really funny, like that. Nice, knowing Christian the way I do. Uh, and I know he's certainly embraced, or has been, not embraced, playing with AI to, to, to get a feel for it. Um, in a way, by the way, I haven't and have shown no interest in it at all uh, up to now, and I don't think I will. Probably because it scares me. Um, anyway... While I was looking, I liked the photo that he got up, and I liked the way he'd, he'd created this video clip with a, with a picture and everything, and I, and I got in touch to say, really like what you did, How did you, what, what app did you use to get that, get that effect? And we got talking, and it became obvious that he posted two pieces of audio on Mastodon, only one on Twitter. And he said, did you not listen to the second piece of audio? And I said, no, I'm not on Mastodon, I only listened to the, the Twitter piece. And he said, are you really telling me you didn't know that was AI generated? And I said, no, it was you. And he said, I said, I really liked your throwaway line. I thought it was great. And he said, no, that wasn't me. I wrote the script, but that was AI generated content. And I was like, but that's your voice. Yes, I thought it sounded a little bit less frenetic than normal, a little bit calmer, a little bit, as I say, a little bit of a radio voice. But I didn't at any point not think it was him even when he told me so in the clip. Because at the end of the day, why would I think that? Because I'd already made my mind up. So I'm now, and continued, well I was and continue to be, disturbed by the fact that somebody I know, and I've actually seen two or three times in the last couple of months, and spent time with, and listened back to, and I couldn't recognise that the voice generation was AI, was, was AI, completely synthetic. Now, when I looked again at the picture, which was also AI generated, it became obvious that wasn't him. I'd only glanced at it. But here's the point. If you only glance or you're only half listening, and that's entirely possible with podcast or anything of that ilk, because I don't know what you're doing now, but I listen to most of my podcasts when I'm out walking. If you're not 100% concentrating on, in this circumstance, as I wasn't, 
listening through an iPhone speaker because it was just a little clip and I didn't see the, the, the point of putting uh, headphones in, earphones in, then I was sold. And the fact that he said what he said reinforced, reinforced the fact that I was convinced it was him. So now I'm getting concerned because I'm really getting concerned about what's going to happen with everything, everything we take as gospel that we hear on the news, that we take as news from Twitter, all those kind of things. You know, I thought, do you know what? I'll always be able to spot it. I'll always be able to spot it. Well, I didn't. And I was a mile off. Wednesday. Right, so as you heard from the intro, I've had a little bit of a road trip this evening. And I've had a road trip because I was quite incensed about something. And I'm going to explain why I'm quite incensed. And this is, this is so middle-aged. Um, along with everything else that's been so middle-aged, actually, this week. But this is so middle-aged. And this is the kind of thing that you get exercised about in a sleepy village. Um, but I do think there's a deeper point here. Um, anyway, my road trip took me around the seven post boxes there are in the village that I live. And the reason why I went for a drive around the seven post boxes, and I went on a local post box finder, and believe you me, there are more than one. There are a plethora of post box finding websites out there. Uh, not Royal Mail, by the way, but a, a plethora of others. And I, um, I, I'd gone out um, last night to post a card. And I needed to post this card, and I went round the three closest post boxes to where we live, and I had missed the collection on all of them. They were all a nine o'clock collection. And I started thinking, that's a bit odd, because I'm sure at least one, if not two of those post boxes, recently was a... 445 5 o'clock collection. So it got my the conspiracy part of my brain thinking. And because the uh, post office is closed in our village, closed about sort of six, eight months ago, consequently there's no reason for a post office van to come to our village after the deliveries have been done in the morning. So it, it then got me, as I say, the conspiratorial part of my brain thinking I wonder if they've changed them all um, so I did a bit of a bit of research tonight and found a lot of local outcry from a lot of villagers about post boxes that had or villages or places where post boxes had all reverted to uh, a nine o'clock collection and sure enough after doing my little drive around um, the village tonight what I've discovered is that of all the post boxes we have they all have a 9am collection time. So if you want to post a letter and you want to take advantage of first class delivery and get it there for the next day, you have to know pretty much the night before that you want to send something because certainly in our life, we're not that organized by 9am to know that we want to send something by post. So the idea of buying a birthday card 10 o'clock in the morning for an event that's next day 
is not catered for. Now, the reason why I'm quite annoyed about this is because this is a this is an underhand thing. Why are we not talking about this thing? Why? What does it matter that the post office is closed? Why suddenly do I now not have the ability where we live to send a letter from any one of the seven post boxes and actually have it collected after 9am in the morning? As you can tell, I'm quite calm about it now, but inside I am somewhat boiling about this. So I would love to hear back from anybody that's in the same situation I'm in which is that there is no, effective, effectively, there's no five o'clock collection from anywhere near where you live. Thursday. I'm stood on a bridge over the river in the hope that you can pick up the sound um, of the, uh, it's not really a river, I mean, it is a river. Um, and he said, you know, it's a reasonable, a reasonable size. In fact, I'll try and take a photo while we're stood here. Um, I'm looking at ducks down below me. Um, you, you do see, it's very clear, it's very shallow. You do see fish in here though. Um, and I'm just on the edge of the campsite, which is why you can probably hear the kind of games and things that you'd expect to hear, you know, at, at half past eight on a, on, a, on, a, on a Friday evening with people who've just probably arrived at a campsite. So it'll be a late night on here, I imagine, as people turn up and they're still pitching tents and they're still doing the things. And, you know, getting bits of food, putting the barbecue on, and the kids are just giving free reign until it gets dark, which of course is going to be half past 10, quarter to 11. Um, nice that I can talk about this while I'm near a campsite because it's got a kind of a camping theme to it. Um, so we've, we've bought dry robes. We've not bought the dry robes because they're ridiculously expensive and because everybody makes them now. So there's plenty of kind of decent knockoffs you can buy. Um, but we've bought dry robes and um, Josh and I have got regatta ones and Alison and Jack have got uh, ones from two bare feet. And I was the one who wasn't sure if he wanted a dry robe. And if you know what a dry robe is, a dry robe is basically, imagine, imagine a coat with a towel on the inside. And the idea is that you have it for the beach or for swimming or anything like that and you get out of, of, of the uh, sea or you get out of the pool. I mean, it's really kind of designed for people who surf and all those kind of things. But you get out of the sea, you get out of the pool and you put this thing on and it, and it keeps the wind off and it's, it dries you inside because it's a towel material and they're very warm and they're, they're oversized and they're long. And you'll have seen people wearing them. You'll have seen, you know, I mean... They're, they're kind of de rigueur if you find yourself in sort of Cornwall or that neck of the woods. They're, they're you know, and, and they are, there's, and it's the second time I'm going to mention it this week, but there's a very definite middle class thing about that, except they're not ridiculously expensive. But, you know, we, we, we were bought in on the whole thing and, we, and we've, you know, and, and for, for, I can see how for everybody they make, they, they, they're going to make so much sense. The bit I wasn't expecting was, I wasn't expecting. So I, I ordered one thinking, well, I'll have whatever else is having one, not quite sure. I probably won't ever wear mine. I'm not really a surfer of this, that, and the other, if I'm being honest. I, I'm not somebody for whom, um, you know, a shorty wetsuit was designed. Um, put this thing on. Man, it's brilliant. It is fantastic. I could live in my knockoff dry robe. It is so comfortable. They are, it's just down to you. You can just slouch around in this thing. It's just, I, yes, so I'm, I'm converted. I'm going to be living in it. When we go away in the summer, we've got, we've, uh, got an extended holiday booked. 
uh, a couple of campsites, I'm going to be living in this thing. It is magnificent. Friday. We started with Boris, so let's finish with Boris. And that phrase in of itself is a nice one. Let's finish with Boris. The report, when it came out, it, I mean, you, you, kind of, you kind of went ouch because they didn't hold back. They absolutely eviscerated him in this report. There was no middle ground. There was no, at any point, none of the excuses, none of the lines, none of the lies were bought. And they just stated it for as far as they were concerned for what it was. Yes, there's been a backlash. The people you would expect to come out and try and wave the Johnsonian flag, wave the Johnson, so to speak, have absolutely tried. And uh, there's a bit of noise, a bit of fury in some of the, some of the tabloid press, but essentially it, it's gonna peter out. I'd be, I'd be astonished if when we get to the debate and the vote on Monday, it's gonna actually amount to anything other than a lot of hot air now. There's, we've had witch hunt, we've had kangaroo court, we've had everything that can be thrown at us. But in essence, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's gonna stick. I don't think they've got the stomach for it. And I think when it comes down to it, I think everybody in parliament realizes that you just can't let this carry on. The thing that's been really, I guess, important for me in all of this, Aside from the fact that in, an, in a decent system, and it's taken too long, but in a decent system, the system will right itself and catch up. And, and the system has largely righted itself and, and caught up. In the same way that when he tried to parole Parliament, the system did ultimately do its job. And the Supreme Court threw it out and saw it for what it was. The system has largely done what it needs to do. He's had far too much latitude. He's been allowed to bring far too many things into disrepute and treat far too many things with contempt but it has caught up and the thing that's important in all of this and the honours the honours list I can go either way and I think to a certain extent I'm yes I'm as disgusted by it as everybody else is and it's ridiculous but it's a measure of the person we're dealing with and in the context of the report you look at the honours list again and it's just one of those things where you shrug your shoulders and go well that's the man that you were dealing with I can't believe you didn't know it the bit that's really really concerning me in all of this is the fact that this report, the work of this committee, everything that goes with this has to go on. It has to go through, it has to go through untouched on Monday with a large majority to reinforce ultimately what Parliament's all about. So we have to get that right. And then the second thing that we have to get right at the moment is we have to get the COVID inquiry right because that is sacrosanct. And the reason why is, is for two things. These politicians, these people who squawk and who shout and who throw mud and throw everything and obfuscate and you, you, you know, have sleight of hand and throw dead cats and whatever they do, the one thing consistently they've done is they've said, wait for the inquiry 
wait for the Privileges Committee in the same way they said, wait for Sue Gray. And they're always going to say it in the hope that you can derail those things. So what needs to happen now is the Privileges uh, Committee and the, and, and the report they've produced needs to be respected, needs to be an act of exactly it is, and we do not need to do anything but applaud those people for discharging their duties in the way that they've done. And then the next thing we need to do is we need to make sure that the COVID inquiry does exactly what it needs to do. We need to learn, we need to understand. Yes, it's going to be painful. It's going to be very painful for the Conservative Party. But to be perfectly honest, if they've not worked out that they're not going to be in government very shortly, then I don't know what else they need to know to find that out. We need to get to the truth. And if that means applauding things that were done well, we applaud things that were done well. But we shouldn't be talking about what will or won't be counted as evidence. If that inquiry wants WhatsApp messages, if whatever that inquiry wants, diaries, notes, whatever it is, that inquiry should get. It's a public inquiry. And so those are the things, those are the things under most danger from a politician like Johnson. If we come out of this having discharged the duties of both of those groups, then there possibly, possibly is some hope for our system. And then we can talk about what we need to do to change it, to write it all down, to make sure that all these conventions that have been trampled over are far more rigid and are far more held in law than they are at the moment. But in terms of the man, the man that did so much damage and will continue to try and do so much damage, for now, for now, a percentage of what he deserves, he seems to have got. And with that, I'll say good night. I hope you're well. I hope you stay safe. I hope you have a pleasant weekend and enjoy the sunshine. If you've enjoyed Therapy For Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.